Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I had some time on my hands last night and I was thinking about the people that are going to be in the podcast today. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was thinking about the A-team. Mm. And I know me and you are from an era when A-team was the shit. Yes. But I feel like these two, it, it, it might have passed them by. Nothing. Never watch it. I never watched A. You yeah, never I've watched never, the A team. How is it called in Ita- Italian? A team. Oh, okay. Trans- <laughs> Translate well. Translate to B team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but maybe A team or so, something like this. Uh, I. We'll, what we'll, character? We'll just we'll just have this conversation yeah. then, and we can zone out on them okay. for. <laughs> He's very much the f- Francesco is very much the face. That's for sure. The kind of smooth talking, handsome, mm-hmm. yeah. but. Get things L- solved. A little bit mischievous. Yeah, but he has the he has the context to the real world that we oh, are missing. He does. That's yeah. true. I think he's going to tell us about his dinner with Antonio Conte. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. That's a tough one. I immediately saw him as B.A. Barakas. Mm-hmm. Because of his size and his incredible strength and the gold chains he's wearing <laughs> under, <laughs> under his shirt. <laughs> and he, li- he loves to drive big trucks. Yeah, that's true. I'm a and he doesn't fan. like flying. Oh, he doesn't like flying. Okay, that's interesting. So you see, we'll it's, it suits Matt well. And this is when I found out what BA and BA Baraka yeah. stands for. So what's BA standing for? I always thought like 15 years of my life I think it's for brutal action, but that's not right. I'm no, guessing if he's afraid of flying, it's not British Airways. Not British, <laughs> it's not British Airways either. It could be a great British Airways testimonial. Yeah. Badass. Bad, oh, no, bad sorry, bad attitude. Bad attitude. Bad attitude. Bad attitude. Bad attitude. Bad attitude. Sorry. Badass would work as well. Yeah. Which leads me to you. Yes, that's interesting. And very much... The Murdoch figure. Oh, so I'm the crazy guy mm-hmm. talking to his own socks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you spent years of your life in a psychological hospital. Okay, so Matt and I, we hate each other, but we love each other too. So if we take a flight, I will talk, uh, care about the medication of mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah. B.A. Matt. <laughs> Which leaves me as George Papard. So you are Hannibal, right? I'm Hannibal, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool, you have the clue, you smoke the cigars. Oh, I'm not into cigars, though. So who's the last character? Did we miss a character? No, there's four of them. Huh? Sure. See, works out well. Okay. It's a pretty small van, right? Where's the van? I always wanted the van. Side story from my childhood, I had the van, a small version of it, and I lost it in my sand uh, crawl thing. Yeah. And I never found it. So five years of my life I spent with finding it. Finally, my father told he threw it away. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well. If you've been, to, I've been to Benny's house and there is actually 18 memorabilia there. Yeah. Oh, really? So he's not lying when he says he's a fan. Anyway, yeah. let's crack on with today's One Football Podcast. <laughs> Joining me, Ian McCourt, is Francesco Porzio. Hello. Matt Froelich. Afternoon. And Benny Kulhoff. Hello. Podcast at OneFootball.com is where you can send those emails if you have questions you think we can answer. Veron Chevan tweeting in to say, I've been listening to a couple of football podcasts of late to get different analysis on the games that happen. Singling out at one football en for a lot of their stuff which is equally insightful and humorous and the hosts are quite funny insightful and humorous there must be another podcast out there masquerading as the one football podcast that doesn't i never i mean you've we've spent a lot of time together i'm stumbling over the humor factor i mean you are the host right yeah okay oh <laughs> interesting Oh, well, I was, st- <laughs> <laughs> I was stumbling over the insightful one <laughs> for the guests. Uh, but look, anyway, now we said last week that Liverpool, only drawing with Leicester was just a blip. Nothing to be worried about. Calm down, Liverpool fans, we said. Now, Matt, now sounds like a very good time to panic. 
yes, from a fan's point of view, panic. I'm not sure the players would be so panicky. Um, I feel like there's there's always two sides to it. Right. From what the media can conjure up and what the players can conjure up. If Klopp's like, you know what, guys, two poor games, we could have done better, we're working on this, this and this, that could be quite a sane thing to do after two draws, where the absolute circus that flies around in the media could be, you know, nothing... I think it's what's actually going on. Well, see, all of the players keep coming out and saying, yeah, we're not worried, which makes me even think even more that they are worried. They might be, but again, it's the whole sort of different... I never believe anything what players say, because okay. it's all media training. Mm-hmm. They're, they're there to say the right things, and you have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. As I said, there's, there's so much... Andy Robertson's definitely been one of the ones speaking uh, more yeah. frequently than not. I know, and he's just... You're just out there to say the right things to stop mm-hmm. sort of all hell breaking loose. Liam Neeson could do with some of that PR training. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they drew with West Ham yeah. on Monday night. What, what was going wrong there? Defence? Attack? What is it? Um, I think trying to plug the gaps is is not working out. Jurgen Klopp's been um, reported as saying in the last few weeks that he did want defensive cover um, in the January transfer window, much like mm-hmm. Pochettino at Spurs. They both wanted the players, they didn't get them in. He obviously sent the client out on loan that's backfired with Alexander-Arnold getting injured, um, along with Joe Gomez, who's a, a much longer injury, mm-hmm. uh, injury worry. Um, players like Milner, we talk about Henderson plugging the gap at right back. It's not... It is what it what it says on the tin. It is plugging the gap. It is a short term solution. And if people can constantly break down where Liverpool are weakest, then they're going to find that they're going to struggle a bit further rather than just in a one off game. So you don't think it's defence, or you do think it's defence? I think if there's a defence, is oh, definitely okay. a part of the problem. Yeah. yeah. But looking further forward, I'm not. I'm still not sold on Firmino, Salah, and Mane. What? Individually and collectively. Oh wow! Two months ago, they were the best three in the world. I actually, for so, record, never said that. Oh, okay, no. okay, <laughs> but that, they were. Sure what makes you question it? Because they're I, banging I, in goals at record rates, aren't they? Most Salah, yes. Okay. Um, as for Firmino, his his. I know that Klopp and all the Liverpool fans will say, "Oh, he does this and that, links up the play, and he's good." Yeah. Your striker's there to score goals. We've had this debate this week. The greatest striker in Premier League history. Yeah. The striker's job is to score goals, and if Firmino consistently does not reach any sort of numbers. Um, it can't all fall on Salah. I feel sorry for Salah when he doesn't score in a game. He gets victimised like crazy. But it's tough. Imagine being pressed to score in every single game. Well, see, it's interesting that you say that because I think that the nature of modern football has meant that the role of various players has evolved. Mm. And you are right, strikers are there to score goals. But I would suggest that Firmino is more of a false nine rather than a striker, which means that he's more involved with link-up play and connecting. Absolutely, that's that's absolutely So I don't think there should be too much pressure on him to score. If he scores, not that it's a bonus, but... yeah. Something along those lines. But that's absolutely fine for him to be, you know, the false nine and drop deeper and do whatever he does. But you still have to have someone who's scoring the goals. Yeah. You still have to have a striker on the pitch. I mean, you don't need a genius to say that when your top striker isn't scoring, you're not scoring as many goals. I mean, Salah, Spurs without Kane, Messi's mm-hmm. not on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all know that that's what happens. But yeah, I feel, I just feel like individually, if they're not gelling and things aren't going as well, they don't seem to me to be the most um, mentally tough kind of players. Oh, that's interesting. For me, from a German perspective, is, is Jürgen Klopp already in discussion or is there discussion about his style of play and his 
way of training and all this because all the injuries or is it just about defense it, or offense? It's been mentioned before but mm -hmm. he certainly there's all the stats are there to show that they haven't pressed as much in the first half of this yeah. season as they had last season which so they've reduced it back a bit um, so they're not running as much as yeah. they had before so I think he's aware of that Okay, but it, it, it was a common problem right? yeah, In Germany there was the discussion in the end of his phase at Dortmund that he's like the trainer who burns players more or less he mm -hmm. says to them okay we, I need you for three years give all you have but afterwards you are destroyed your body is destroyed mm -hmm. uh, but maybe we win a title it's the evolution of Jose Mourinho basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. he destroys the heads while uh, Klopp is destroying the bodies so they would be a good team but it's interesting that you suggest mental <coughs> weakness there because mm -hmm. dropping a lead against two and for want of a better term lesser sides yeah. two weeks in a row would suggest that the pressure is telling on them earlier in this season I think they would have cruised past past both of these yeah. so I, I think I think there's a point to that there, there was a, a, a stat which I saw early in the week um, I wasn't sure actually if it was our very own newsroom um, who released it I can't remember I saw it on Twitter I'm pretty sure since Jurgen Klopp joined Liverpool um Liverpool have lost more points from losing positions from winning positions than any other team in Europe hmm. in the last four years since he joined something like 56 mm. points that could be a fitness a combination of fitness yeah, and, and mentality fitness. but I think that yeah. they go hand in hand for sure when you mm. knack it at the end of a game you know mentally it's obviously very wearing as well um, but it's, it's stuff like that which really panic a team can Klopp do anything to or did he do anything even at Dortmund to kind of keep things calm keep things no, in that's, check that's not his nature he is the guy who sets things on fire and can motivate people and really put a whole stadium on fire but he's not the kind of person that teaches his players to keep it calm keep the ball he's always attacking attacking pressure pressure attacking attacking pressure score goals burn burn I'm so exhausted. it's just a problem for him I, I mean, mean I'm it's great for fans <laughs> it's great for fans mm. but I think for if you play in his team after one and a half year um, you have to be ready for it and you yeah. have to be young and you have to be like I think it's maybe it's a mental problem if you have mm. players who are over 30 who might say after one and a half year of speeches of young club who might say okay I have heard this before in my life mm. And it didn't work out, so maybe I calmed down a bit. I think I think that's really evident in the Liverpool team. I'm, I'm trying to think now of a player in the Liverpool team who would be like, let's calm things down, let's be sensible, let's keep the ball, let's not go attacking. James Milner, maybe. Yeah, but he's Salah. searching. He's searching for the ex. No, he's no. not searching for these players. He's searching for guys who go exactly. through the wall. The front three are like yeah. that. Both fullbacks are like that. Genie mm. Vinealdum's definitely like that. Allison, even the keeper. What about Van Dijk? Van Dijk strikes me. Yeah, no, I would put. Yeah, I put Van Dijk, Milner, and potentially Henderson to keep it calm. But the rest of them seem very sort of gung ho. Okay, so speaking of Liverpool, Ibad Ansari has a question. Hi guys, this is Ibad Ansari. Love your podcast. Listen to it every week, usually while showering. Hmm. Interesting. Each to their own. Yeah, that's a detail. It's Isn't an it? interesting detail. It's an interesting detail. Yeah. Or driving to work on Friday. Hmm. That's maybe showers in the car. <laughs> like in a like van. When, like one of those West Coast <laughs> custom things. Yeah. <laughs> As we come close to the Champions League, should Liverpool sacrifice that to focus on the Premier League? Oh, that's a oh, question. Always the wrong thing to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because go on. when you sacrifice a championship for another one, you 
you don't do good in either of them. So I remember last year Napoli they sacrificed sacrificed uh, Europa League. Oh, it's true. They lost against Leipzig and oh, probably yeah. intentionally because yeah, they were going to win Serie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they didn't. Yeah, so and there was a horrible season at the end for Napoli because they really had the possibility to win the Scudetto, mm-hmm. and then they didn't. So oh. I think that the history told us that when you sacrifice um, a cup, most of the cases. To concentrate to the to the championship, mm-hmm. you're not gonna win it. Like Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Whoever played football is knows that winning is the best thing. It's better than training. If you win every game, you're happy and you play better. If you lose one game, even if it's like on on purpose or whatever, it changes something in the team because then problems come up or you mm. then mm. someone says, "Oh, I know he's too slow and he doesn't give anything." So it's always a problem. Keep okay. try to keep winning. That's one of the life hacks I give you out there. Well, there you go. Life hacks from Benny Kulov. What more can you want? Uh, did you want to talk about VAR? Oh, I, uh, VAR again. Um, you don't have to. I'm just, just I'm mean, putting it we, out there. We, we can do. We can, we can touch briefly Who was it? James it. Milner that was about four miles offside? Right. James Milner was a mile offside. I saw the, the freeze frame of the lino looking, to be fair, to see if the ball was in from Adam Lallana and didn't quite see it. Um, I just think with VAR, it's one of those things you're just going to have to live with it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, you're absolutely going to hate it. Liverpool fans love it when James Milner doesn't get given offside and West Ham fans hate it. You're going to, whatever happens to your team, you love it or hate it. I just wish that it was a bit of a smoother uh, operation. Okay. That's probably enough about VAR. Yeah, we get it's bored of it. not the most interesting. Uh, some praise for West Ham and in particular Declan Rice, mm. who will be a great asset for Ireland. When he, <laughs> when he finally pulls he on finally that shirt wears oh. it. He, he looked good though didn't he fantastic mm. really really impressive and I think I think it's obviously I mean no disrespect to them again but when you're it's slightly easier to sort of look a bit better in one of the lesser teams you're not playing as with such high quality players um, for example Mark Noble I know I'll probably get a load of uh, a load of abuse for that but I mean that guy's been living off the fact that he's a West Ham fan and I've heard so many people say it if he wasn't you know a die hard hammer and if he wasn't in the team for so long you'd never pick him you'd never pick a slow 35 year old to run your midfield so it's maybe easier for Rice to look better but I do think he's held his own um, against some of the big teams and looks a real prospect and again playing with Ireland can only enhance yes. his uh, playing credentials yeah. and make, make him a better player under Mick McCarthy I mean you couldn't ask for better tutorship than that True. there you go elsewhere City 2-0 win over Everton which means they are now top of the league on goal difference but having played a game more routine win yeah um I think so for Man City. They're, they're one of these that, when we say routine, it's not as in offensive to Everton and saying, you know, they expect to be beaten. Mm-hmm. It's the way that Manchester City have a routine. It's the way they play every single game. And more often, more than more often than not, a lot more often than not, if that makes sense, um, they, they will come out victors purely because of the way they play. It's okay. so much better and they have such an identity it works eight, nine times out of ten. And also, okay. I don't think that Everton fans are destroyed by this yeah. loss. <laughs> yeah. No, there was it that they sang yesterday, come on City, come yeah, on yeah. City, right? I saw a video of a guy, Everton fan, that says, I don't go to the game because I want Everton to lose, yeah. but I don't want to see them losing. So... It's an interesting conundrum, that isn't it? Yeah, because that obviously you don't want... <laughs> you don't want... They don't want Liverpool to win the league. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean... Okay. Uh, the fact that City held their nerve, scored late in both halves, again, would suggest that... A mental toughness that might be 
not with other teams um, or no am I reading too much into it certainly in the second half it kind of um, dwindled down towards the end of the game um, but again I think the same thing with City's style of play uh, across and a header from Laporte a fantastic header could have come at any minute it's mm-hmm. not um the fact that it was in the last minute, especially against Everton, who yeah. are dreadful from set pieces, mm. um, that could have happened any point in the game. Ah. The fact that it happened in injury time is just okay. Um, I have I, a question. Oh, yeah. Sorry, no, go on. I, I just want to give another life hack because I can calm down <laughs> Liverpool fans. Okay. Because Manchester City is facing one of the best teams now in Europe in the Champions League next round. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Schalke and Ulfir from Dortmund. They are uh, from. Admit, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh, oh, no. That's live on Instagram oh, too. No. Oh. So it's Schalke from Germany. We are on fire, and I think they will destroy Man City in the next round. And then mental weakness will uh, spread to the whole team, and Liverpool will make the race. Life hack. Have you ever heard of this Schalke team? They're big. Yeah, they are quite good. That small team in Dortmund. Yeah, amazing <laughs> manager Italian. next to Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing yeah, manager. Amazing. But we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, I have a question for all of you. Would you rather now be in Liverpool's place or in Man City's place? City. As a player or as a fan? Or no, as a, as a team? let's say you're, you're a player in one of the squads. Would you rather be in the Liverpool squad now with all of that pressure mounting or in this City squad? You're, you're hanging out with Pep Guardiola. You're probably going to nice Spanish restaurants during the week. You know, that sort of thing. Manchester, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you're going for Manchester? Yeah. I go I Liverpool. Sh- I will go Liverpool, honestly. Yeah. What? It's more fun to... Imagine like, winning a uh, uh, Premier League in Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, it's more, way more fun to hunt the uh, the uh, the Blues or mm-hmm. the the Man City than mm-hmm. being in the front position and just okay. be the smartass. Maybe so. mm. you you'd prefer the hunt, yeah, but the hunt would seem terrible when you were the hunted and nine points clear. Yeah, but I mean, no one is expecting Liverpool to win the title. What can they lose? Otherwise, everybody makes another year of jokes about them, and then they try next year. So it's all good. Man City, if they lose. It's a different thing because they spend so much money. They have the best coach. They have the best stadium. They have the best club. They have the best city. They have the best shirts and everything. You know the perception that we have about Manchester City? It's only outside England. I, I noticed that in this week with the other guys from England. That I am like... I, of course, want Liverpool to win the Premier League, but apparently in England, nobody wants yeah. Liverpool to win. I mean, because... I mean, I see Manchester City like, I don't know, uh, I don't want to say things that uh, will have Dan Burke uh, insulting me, Beep. but yeah. <laughs> as a team that was built just for the sake of a billionaire that wanted a team and wanted to make money out of it. You know well, they I mean? did have a bit of a club there beforehand. Okay, of course. But the history that Liverpool had before, I think, was bigger than the history of Manchester City. I can't argue <laughs> yeah. with that. They'd won more champions are uh, European so, Cups at that stage. More like leagues. a team, such a big team that doesn't win for 20, not 30 years. I mean, it's a, an amazing story and they should win one, one title <laughs> at some point, right? So I want Liverpool to win because I think also Klopp deserves to win. But Well, <laughs> can, I, can I throw another team into the mix? Duncan Alexander tweeting saying Tottenham have to go away to Anfield and the Etihad in the space of three weeks in March-April Tottenham have won 11 of their 13 Premier League away games this season Tottenham are five points off the top Mm. 
Matt. Yeah, we've won 11 of 13 because we haven't gone to Anfield or Man City yet. <laughs> oh, you could also throw in Stamford Bridge at the end of the month as well. Yeah, as much as I'd, I'd like to see it, going to those three places, a place where we've won, I think, three or four in the Premier League history. We've won uh, uh, those grounds. No, I can't. That's, for me, for a Spurs fan, as, as optimistic as I am, that's pretty much three losses there. Okay. I, so no. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious if Tottenham won the league. I'm backing Tottenham. Are you? Yeah, just for fun. Something yeah. different. Football is uh, fun for you, right? Football, <laughs> is this a game to you? I, I don't, it's not a game. I don't take it seriously. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is only a sport. Um, Paul Ince, speaking during the week, had some interesting comments. Talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer mm. and taking over United inset. I think I could have gone in at the time. They needed someone to, to uh, rest mm-hmm. the ship. Rest the ship? I don't know if you rest a ship, but he said rest a ship. I think I could have done it, he said. Brucey could have done it. Mark Hughes could have done it. What's up with Paul Ince? What's up with Paul Ince? What did he, where did he, ma- which team did he manage the last 10 years? Thank you. Blackburn. Blackburn. And then Blackpool. Uh, Blackpool. How, much, uh, how many years did he spend Walsall there? Walsall somewhere. Well, he hasn't. He didn't. He didn't do particularly. He did. He did okay at MK Dons when he yeah. when he first started out. I think it's good to see that you have the same kind of experts in uh, over in England than we but, have in Germany. The but, old players that don't get jobs and try to hammer old colleagues or whatever. Yeah, uh, Mattels. Yeah, so Solskjaer didn't Eriks. do well at um, at uh, Cardiff. Yeah, but there's no argument against him, right? I mean, you can say no, That's I true. can do it, but yeah. yeah, but you don't get the job. So why is nobody asking you? Potentially, because you are, no one is seeing anything like they see in social, so it's pointless. Yeah, it's it's it, for me, it's absolutely mental how you can just sit there and say that. I mean, feels like, I mean, Thierry Henry and Gary Neville, great example. You can sit there in the studio and bash managers all week, yeah. and you go out there and do it, and you're sacked in three months. <laughs> great. I mean, the the fact that Paul Ince even don't get me wrong, I in some ways I agree with him. I think you know these people saying, "Oh, Solskjaer's come in and done this," and you know he's tactically blah blah blah. Tactically nothing. He got Cardiff relegated from the Premier League and did okay in Norway. So he is not the most qualified by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Put it this way: if Solskjaer didn't play for Man United and they plucked out a manager who'd been relegated once in six months and then been in Norway, everyone would have been mind blown. So the fact yeah, that he's but it got makes it, sense. Uh, he, was, he, knows, he knows the club. Yeah, no, no, but this is yeah, what yeah, Paul yeah. Ince is saying. There are plenty of people who know the club and I understand I, him on that point. Okay. However, Solskjaer's going out there and doing the managerial jobs in between and working at it. Thierry Henry, even though he was a Sky Sports pundit, spent the summer with, you know, Roberto Martinez doing the Belgium stuff. Mm. Um, just to sit there and much like Sol Campbell did, which is incredibly infuriating, although he's doing okay with Macclesfield now, mm. Paul Ince can't just sit there and say, yeah, I played. I'm going to just sit here in the warm BT yeah. studio until I get offered a job. No, it doesn't work like that. And it's, it's, I think it's pretty offensive. And, you know, I think it shows. That's why Solskjaer's in the job and Ince is just whining on TV. I would say there's definitely no way Mark Hughes could have done it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say he... More, I mean... More than enough chances. Yeah. Um, it's not, I would argue now that it's a case of Solskjaer's job to lose. Regardless of how they do against PSG, I think he's freed the players. He's got them back to their best. What more do United want? Yeah, no, exactly. I think he's he's in a really good position for him because on one hand, he could say, look what I've done. You know, the players are playing better. We won nine out of the first 10 games. And if they lose, he could be like, it's not my team. I'm a caretaker. I came in halfway. Mm-hmm. You guys left me with a tie against PSG. So he's really, he's got a few bargaining chips up his sleeve for sure. Okay. Francesco. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, you have the script. You know where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, you had dinner with Antonio Conte. 
Okay, yes, but let's put it in a context. You had dinner with Antonio. Okay, what, yeah. what did he have to eat? Uh, he had meat, I think, something like that. And uh, so let's let I explain the context. I was in Milan last week for the deadline day of transfer market. Mm-hmm. And in Italy, everything is a big show, this transfer market. I'm shocked. You know? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's uh, all in one hotel, basically. Exactly. The last three days, there are all the agents, sporting directors, journalists, all in one hotel, and they mm-hmm. make deals. They do that's everything. So that's amazing. really cool. It's amazing. So cool. And uh, and uh, they actually want to export it in other countries, so we should like yeah, promote they, it. Oh, they should. They really should. I'd love it. And one football sponsor. One football sports by. <laughs> <laughs> So the night, the last night of transfer market, which which was last uh, Wednesday, uh, all the all these people go. Don't ask me why they go in the same restaurant. So there is a big restaurant in the city center. Good restaurant. Where yeah, pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, which stays open until 4 a.m. in the morning, just for these days, mm-hmm. in summer and in winter. And basically, all the people that are in the hotel goes to this place to eat. Don't ask me why, why they don't choose other places, but that's it, that's tradition. Reality. Tradition. Yeah. And uh, so at one point we were there and uh, we were having dinner, and at one point Antonio Conte came in. And he started to eat and he was there, he gave interviews to the mm-hmm. TVs, and it was actually the first time that he, he spoke to, after he was sacked by Chelsea or sect or mm-hmm. you know, part of the company, okay. we say that. So, what, <laughs> and what, he didn't want to speak about Chelsea, that was the thing. What did you like, guys, what did you talk to him about? I mean, of course, we were talking about Inter, yeah. because he, he was in Milan. Mm. Why? I mean, he's not from Milan. Uh, he was seen uh, close to the Inter headquarters the day before. Of course he was. And so they were saying that he met for with the Inter um, board, but he didn't actually, of course. So that was the first thing that we asked, but he denied. And he said, he talked about general things, not really. When we asked about Chelsea, he said, I don't want to talk about Chelsea because I have a legal cause with them. So I don't want to talk about them. That's fair enough. It's about money. Exactly. So... Did he you seem quite re- revealed to not coach any team this year, and he's ready to fight again, I think, in Serie A next season. Wow. Did you run your fingers through his hair? No. Oh, wow. Like, oh. Are you doing that? <laughs> we share the fake hair or the... Well, listen, I wanted to know. I wanted <laughs> yeah. to know how it feels. What if it came off in your hand? No, no, no. Just that awkward. Does he have fake hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have oh. you not seen that picture? It's like a, from one of the... Panini sticker albums. Oh yeah, like the the Juve, mm-hmm. and he's got like three strands just sticking out. So Conte has fake hair. David Silva has fake hair. fake hair. David Silva. David Silva. Klopp has fake hair. Yeah. Wayne Rooney. Fake hair. Fake teeth. Fake teeth. Oh yeah, the teeth. Are, yeah. Yeah. He has Firmino's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> with Conte's hair <laughs> and the hair of Hannibal from uh, A Team. So there. Oh yeah. Hey, nice A Team oh, reference. Yes. Thank you. So. The reason people are talking about Conte and Inter is because Spalletti is on borrow time. I think so, yeah. Um, let me say that I'm a big fan of Luciano Spalletti still now because I think he 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 started with a team with no mentality and he had to build everything from zero. And now Inter, I mean, he's, it seems that Inter is in the fifth place or tenth place. They're third, turning the league and they can still go to the Champions League quite easily. But now it's very difficult because all the fans are not with Spalletti. They don't like him. Why? Um, I think because of his way of speaking, which is very 
you know, he's always talking about himself, uh, he justifies mm. himself. And at one point, Inter France want to win. You know, there is a team that uh, has a lot of potential. Uh, they, the property is investing, and they want to invest a lot of money in the future. So there is, we talk about we talk a lot about Inter in a good way when Inter was doing good, in a bad way right now. So I think that now. Um, the future of Spalletti will depend of the next games. Uh, Europa League will be crucial. Uh, of course, Serie A will be crucial. And my opinion is that Inter has to go with the best choice at the moment is to keep Spalletti because there is no point to have. They were saying Cambiasso now. You know, it's like Pauline's or <laughs> Cambiasso was an assistant of Colombia. Exactly, he was an no. Inter legend. Uh, Inter legend, but just no managerial experience. Great handballer. And. Uh, who? Polin? Ah, Cambiasso? Yeah. yeah. Why? Didn't, didn't he make some famous handball moves in, in, in football history? Did that he? Was, that was Luis Suarez. Yeah, that's also. <laughs> but um, I think the best choice at the end of the season should be Conte. Because Conte really wants to beat Juventus more than anyone else. He worked already with Marotta, who is now the general manager of Inter. Mm -hmm. And he wants to go back to Serie A. He has the winning mentality that Inter is missing right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think he's the only coach, a part of Jose Mourinho, that the fans will say, OK, uh, we are with him, you know. Mourinho would never go back. He should. And he shouldn't, I think. He, he's the only place that right now he's beloved. It, and would, it would ruin everything. I think the main options for Mourinho right now are PSG, if they fail. Real Madrid, of course, and Bayern Munich. So these are the main three options for oh, Jose Mourinho next you season. With them. I would love to see Mourinho in the Bundesliga, honestly. No, <laughs> yeah. not at all. He will kill everyone. Mourinho, would be great for your numbers. Think yeah, about it. Mourinho, <laughs> Mourinho and Bayern Munich. All these young, uh, much-talking coaches and then this grumpy old... A man seeing <laughs> maybe the Bavarian air would be good for him. It's nice down there, yeah, you know. You're yeah, close you to the mountains. Munich, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's waiting for these three teams. If one of them fails, he's going there. Otherwise, I don't know where he can go. Honestly. Well, that's going to be PSG. But we we'll think so. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, so that winning mentality—that's when the new manager comes in, whoever that may be. Yeah, but that's a problem because every it, two it, years Inter yeah. is changing a manager, mm -hmm. and but we have to say that in the last seven years, the only manager who won something that managed Inter was Roberto Mancini. That's it, because all the others didn't win a single trophy in their career. So you know, bringing someone that actually won a trophy, mm. I mean, Spalletti won, but uh, in Russia, you no, know, in Italy, he won the Coppa Italia in Italy. So I think it's important now to bring someone that has a winning mentality because the team is there. I mean, if you think about Inter, it's a good team. They have one of the best strikers in the world. They have an amazing defense, probably the, one of the best defense in Europe, in my opinion, mm. uh, if we pick the players. And also in Serie A, a part of Juve, Inter is the best defense. Even now that we are saying the Inter is a bad team and anything, you know? So the winning mentality now it's crucial, I think, to make a step forward. Speaking about, the, about Inter, uh, their ultras, yeah, that's, I mean, it's a shame. It's Can a shame. you fill people in for what they might have missed out on? Okay. Um, we know in, the background of this. Okay, so yeah, Inter yeah. France were banned for two games, the Ultras mm -hmm. for three games. And on Sunday, there was the first game that they attended against Bologna. Inter lost, of course, against Sinisa Mialovic, first game in Bologna. And uh, the Inter Ultras accused the team, the club actually, uh, and uh, Koulibaly himself, 
to be a liar and the club to not uh, uh, protect them. What can we say? What can we say right now? It's, it's depressing, really. It's depressing because, I mean, in my opinion, this is... We shouldn't even talk about it because we are talking about a bunch of people that are in a, living in a parallel world. And I have friends in the ultras of Inter and... Uh, They actually think so. They actually think, oh, the, the club didn't protect us. But what do you, what do you, I mean, the first time that a club actually did something concrete, not protecting the fans and to promote another message. I don't know if you saw the video of Inter with the, uh, they basically changed the, uh, the boo, because in Inter we say boo when there is a, um, a racist, uh, mm -hmm. um, as you say, incident. incident. Mm -hmm. And they transformed the boo in Brothers United, uh, Universal United. And they made this with all the players, you know. So this is something, I think, powerful because you see, the first time in Italy, there are, sadly, there are a lot of racial episodes. And it's the first time that a club doesn't defend the fans, or at least they don't ignore them, and they actually do something. And the fans at this point don't even care about it. Yeah. So I think it's really bad. But the ultras, you know, I think it's everywhere like this. They don't even care about it. Yeah, they don't yeah. even care about the image of the club. They don't care about anything. They care about themselves. That's it. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, we have the same things in German, way mm -hmm. less with racist uh, things. We get rid of that most of the time. But I think the problem itself can only be solved in between the fans. And if the club says anything, the ultras will always be against it. And um, yeah, this has to be done by the fans. And it's always also unfair to, because the problem is the ultras behave like assholes. And then you say the fans. No, exactly. It's, only, it's wrong. It's we have to say ultras. Have, people, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's mm -hmm. the thing. Like, there was another racial episode on Sunday in Inter game against Bayer from Bologna, which is actually a for, former Inter player. So that's, you don't even, they don't even care about the players, you know. Yeah. They, they just do it because they, they do it. Yeah. And the whole stadium whistled. So, you know, it's fair to say that there is a, very basic distinction between ultras and fans mm -hmm. and that's happening not only in Inter it's happening Milan Juve every every team has this problem and yeah depressing depressing and mm. not, not ending no so it may not be going good for the black and blue side of Milan but the black and red it's going pretty well for Piotek Piontek. Piontek. Is a, How do I no, pronounce it? Piontek? Uh, it's Christoph Piontek. Yeah. Okay. Four goals. Christoph Piontek, actually. Christoph, yeah. yeah. Oh. But if Ivan... Oh. Only from you're right. Pavel. You're right, you're Pavel, right. Our, our Polish colleague informed mm -hmm. us. Christoph And uh, Ivan Gazidis, the former yeah. um, uh, general manager of Arsenal, mm -hmm. called him Chris. So I will go with Chris <laughs> Piontek. Okay. So we're so fine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Chris P. Uh, so four goals in four games for Chris P. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's doing amazing. And... I have to say that the, uh, the first game he played against Napoli, um, he didn't score. That game was the only game he didn't score. But the impact he had on the team, you could see immediately the difference of a striker that really wants to do well. A proper number nine, basically. A proper number one nine. But he's, I mean, he's hungry. You know, he wants to destroy the world. He wants to, do, to, be, to be the best number nine in the world. And I think this amazing for Milan in this moment because they come from a striker Gonzalo Higuain that didn't even want to play for that team and now they have a striker that can't wait to score 50 goals for AC Milan and uh, it reminds me a lot of 
Sevchenko, you know, when he arrived. And, oh, uh, he, no, no, yes, but big feet. no, big honestly, feet. like <laughs> we are talking about a striker that scored, I think, 15, 16 year, year, uh, goal in the first year of Serie A. And uh, I would be amazed to see him again in AC Milan in the next two years. Okay. Because. Good question, though. Isn't the best number nine in the world at the moment? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you say? I have no answer. I don't have an answer for it either. The, oh, do you, mean you don't sh- have to have an answer. You, oh, well, you can think depends. about it. We can if go back to If you want to win time, you say, please define number nine. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Number nine on the back of their shirt <laughs> or their position? Mm. Well, maybe we'll, maybe somebody can email in. Yeah. Can we I'm, say Cristiano Ronaldo? No. You can't say Why not? whatever you want. He plays an, as a number nine right now. What about Sergio Aguero? He's got 10 on his back, but he's a striker and he's not a number 10 in terms of dropping deeper. Aguero's not a bad chance. Lewandowski. <laughs> I have to bring him in Lewandowski would be the traditional Casera at this point you have to say mm. yeah um, what's happened to Juventus all of a sudden they're losing to Atlanta they're drawing with Parma Dybala's not playing should Allegri be sacked <laughs> wow I mean, <laughs> I mean jokes apart there are already people saying that Allegri shouldn't be the UA manager next what? season oh. because uh, oh, I'm, I'm on the money here it's the end of the cycle and anything but I think that it's, I mean we are talking about a team that uh never lost this year in Serie A they drew I think three times four times three times probably so they're doing an amazing season again and his future will depend on the Champions League because this year more than any other year they bought the most important player in the world if we as a if we compare it with uh, with the other Serie A mm-hmm. teams, there is no way that Juve cannot win the, the league this year. So if he if he's gonna fail the Champions League, I think there is a good chance that Allegri will be sacked uh, at the end mm-hmm. of the season. Mm-hmm. Or at okay. least they will say, okay, we bought Cristiano Ronaldo. You you didn't win the Champions League, and. Maybe we should move on because Cristiano Ronaldo is not going to last two year, uh, five years. It's going to last two, three years. So Spalletti will be available for them Spalletti to, yeah, to take over. Which is I mean, then if Juve changes the manager, I think we're going to see a big change in the also other European uh, uh, benches because where Allegri is going, we don't know. Mm, is Sarri mm, staying? That is very interesting. Where is Zidane going? We forgot about Zinedine Zidane. Mm, he's still yeah, available. He's still there. Mm. I think Zinedine Zidane might be a good option for you, honestly. Yeah. Because he played there, he knows the place. Works well. He won three Champions with, with Cristiano Ronaldo consecutively. Works well with Ronaldo. So, Bring him in. Another and draw. <laughs> Zidane is <in. laughs> Yeah. Wait. Yo, uh, Jovan sending in a question over on our Instagram live asking can Juve win the Champions League of course they can I mean they okay. have the for me the best player in the world so they they should win it but Leo you know. Messi has joined them hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no Messi is from another planet who said that recently uh, I yeah. think Solari said that no? yeah. so Ronaldo is the best player in the world because Messi is from another planet mm, so amazing. ah that's a good way around it because we're always asked we're always asked oh, who's better Ronaldo or Messi and like nobody cares they're both good yeah, yeah I agree with this galaxy Okay. Um, final question for you, yeah. because we're talking about Juventus and they drew with Parma. Are Parma finally back? Because they're one so. of the, the glory clubs of they were Ita- like of nostalgic the football. Yeah, they were yeah, the yeah. glory, the glory club. The first big spenders, right? They exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And in the na- late nineties, and um, 
the, in the last 20 years, they went through very bad times. Uh, I imagine as a Parma fan, you were used to see Buffon, Cannavaro, uh, Chiesa, amazing Turam, amazing players. Oh, and then so many great Crespo. players. Pa- uh, Crespo. Adriano. Crespo Adriano. But even in the recent time, uh, they they were doing quite good. And then the team failed completely and they went to fourth division, Italy. Oh, they were way down, yeah. They had fourth division and they won, they went through two years consecutively and now they're back in Serie A and they are doing amazing. They are, um, they they drew against Juve. They, um, They bought players that are really good, especially uh, Gervinho, of course, uh, who is the star of the team, but also mm-hmm. other players. They also have um, a club that... The uh, Gervinho. Sorry? The Gervinho from Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, one, that one. Yeah, he scored two at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He scored two against you. And uh, so they have... Everything is ready for them to grow again and be back. Uh, for Europa League, for example, but oh. they, because they have good players, they also buy players from. Uh, now they bought this uh, uh, very young player who's called Capacasse. He plays now in the under 20 World Cup, and uh, he's considered one of the best prominent players in, for the near future. So we can see that they are also building a good team for the future so I think they can can be back I hope so honestly okay it warms my heart then (laughs) plus they always had legendary kids I would say yeah very good kids not quite Sampdoria but was a big phase of my life where I asked what actually is Parmalat their main sponsor for Mm -hmm. like 100 years and there was no internet and I was growing up in a little village uh, in Germany so no one could answer the question Francesco what is Parmalat Parmalat (laughs) was I have to say milk it was a milk exactly oh was it it was a milk industry yeah yeah yeah. milk industry and that was the um, owned by uh, Tansi who was the one that went bankrupt at one point, so oh, yeah. Parma failed. So the guy who brought all the big players was the Exactly, exactly. Ah, okay. I would say, if you look at all of the leagues, just average of how good each jersey is, yeah. Serie A has the best good, overall. Yeah. Because they are not only Adidas and Nike, they have also like this Lotto and all this cool Lotto. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Benny, what's your favorite state in America? My favorite state in America uh-huh. is California, of course. Yes, no. I guessed right. Gavin Harding from California. Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> what <are the> Hallelujah. <laughs> I was close to say Oregon, but... I was a bit worried better. when I was lining that up that you might go with Oregon, yeah. but then I was pretty sure that it was, it was California. But anyway, he has a question for you. For me? Well, for a German hey, person. Great. So he said, did you watch the Dortmund Werder game? Yes. Okay. Talk about drama, missed penalty calls, maybe missed handballs and four goals in extra time. Should there be should there have been VAR in the whole of the DFB Cup? Should Dortmund fans be worried about penalty shootouts going into the Champions League? And can you Well that's not, and I got a question more than me. one question. Can you tell a question for me? Was it the best game of this year? So first question. I think the VAR is there from the next round of the cup. Uh, which is quarterfinals Um, I say I think it's great that we have it in the Bundesliga and that we don't have it in the Pokal because it's weirdly how players behave to it for example James of FC Bayern yesterday asked for the VAR in the game 
I think he did not know that there is no VAR anymore uh, in the cup. So <laughs> it came to funny situations if there is no VAR or VAR. Um, what was the second question? Was it um, should Dortmund should Dortmund fans be worried about penalty shootouts going into the Champions League? I think they know who should not shoot a penalty in the next Champions League. Okay. Uh, surprisingly, Paco Alcácer is a bad penalty taker. Um, Normally, you rely on your striker yeah. too. Plus, they don't have um, they don't have the they had the third goalkeeper in there, so it's pretty tough to to say. I, th- I think okay. Birki and Hits are both not like this um, penalty killers. Hits even more, but uh, yeah, they, they, or every team should be worried if they're on the penalties in the Champions League. Then it's too late, especially when you play against the Spurs. I would say. Oh. Get to that a bit. Get to that a bit later. Dortmund play with the first goalkeeper the first round, with the second goalkeeper yes. the second round, and with the third goalkeeper the third yeah. round. That's yeah, a nice symmetry. Do they have a fourth goalkeeper? The goalkeeper coach is already warming up. I <laughs> know oh, they're out now. So, all right. Uh, you said it was your favorite game ever. No, not at all. Oh, not ever. Sorry. <laughs> Because like the first half was great, the second half was super boring, and the extra time was extraordinary. So I think it was one of the best extra times in German football for the last. 10, 15 years uh, because both teams played like with no defense there were goals out of nowhere Pizarro scored a wonder goal for me <sighs> I mean this guy is 45 years old and still like only fluid. 45? yeah And it's, it's amazing, and it was a great comeback. And the best part of the story for a Schalke fan is that Dortmund lost, but it's also, I think, good for the cup itself that not every time Dortmund and Bayern go to the semis and whatever. Mm. So there are new team, teams in there, and it was a thrilling game with a good ending for everyone who's not a Dortmund fan. Okay. Uh, there was something interesting at the weekend, too, with Dortmund drawing, Bayern losing, and munching Gladbach. Yes. Beating your Schalke yeah. boys. The Fallen are back, how we call them in Germany. So it looks like there's a three... Can we seriously say there's a three-way title race at the moment? We like to say that, but I think it's still a oh. race between Bayern and Dortmund. And Because Gladbach and Bayern are on the same points, right? Yes, they're on yeah. the same points. Um, and it's, I think it's only goal difference right now. But this is what it was when the biggest crisis of Bayern in the last 10 years happened like three months ago. <laughs> and it was the exact same situation. The one thing I wondered about is like, like Dortmund draw against Frankfurt 1-1. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a win because Bayern failed again. Um, Dortmund players should be angry about that though, shouldn't they? Because yeah. they should be beating Frankfurt. Yeah. Sorry, but, uh, yeah, there's no there's no <laughs> title race with three teams, but Lapar is a big surprise, and I think a good surprise to see that a club like this, which is a very calm club with good uh, guys in the in the top uh, decision points mm-hmm. and a good team, they always play great football, like uh, attacking and great combinations and all that, and um, yeah, they should be worried that they are the team. Bayern Munich will look at to buy some players for next year I would say oh, then they it's have the how real, it always happens they have the real hazard they have the real hazard <laughs> they do have the real hazard yes, yes. Uh, did you want to talk about Bayern and what happened at the weekend um, yeah, I think Bayern right now is like uh, also yesterday in the cup they they dominate the game over 120 minutes and they uh, and it really is like a 3-2 in the 105th minute or whatever because They get gold out of nowhere right now. Uh, Hummels is, I don't know where his form is. I think it's still on winter holiday or whatever. <laughs> uh, they are really, the defense is really, really bad for Bayern Munich. And if you see like how they play, I mean, they have the players to have to play great attacking football combinations. and But they play like 
Bayern in 2008. Like they have the ball all the time, but there is no speed, no right. no uh, vertical passing. Mm -hmm. You can't get in the front row. I think Lewandowski had two touches or three touches yesterday. One was a free kick, and the other was the assist to the three-two. So he did the best. Um, I think they destroy their philosophy. Um, they build up with Pep Guardiola, and they they completely lost it. And this is what they make because I don't know two two or three years ago uh, every club in Germany went to Munich and said okay maybe we only lose 3-0 that feels like a win but now every team goes there and feels like we can win there and this is the problem for Bayern Munich because the change of the behavior of their opponents mm. is a problem for them because they don't have a plan B so great for great for the Bundesliga good, yeah. but you think it's possible to restart the cycle because of course they have to restart next year with yep. other players with the same coach or they have to change no, it they have to change the coach that's it sure. what Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho Jose Mourinho right now Bayern is in this family structure and they like to bring in people who know the club and who are former players and Paul Lintz <laughs> Paul <laughs> and maybe Owen, Owen Hargreaves will come back or whatever <laughs> yeah. so like the, the structure on top Uli Hoeneß and Rummenigge they want to have a family around them it's very old school they don't look forward and I think um, but if they for next season they will refresh the team and I'm pretty sure they will refresh the coaching position to. Jose Mourinho Jose again Mourinho. is available. He's the only. Is he done? Well, Jose Mourinho is very busy dropping. Jose Mourinho and dropping Uli Hoeneß in one club. This is like World War Three. Believe that's yeah, good for good, good for, for us. Yeah, good for us. <laughs> and for I, sure, Bayern will not do that. Um, he's not doing well with the old hockey pucks recently. <laughs> uh, Jose. Now next week is a big week. It's the return of the Champions League. Mm. Roma v Porto, United v PSG, Tottenham, Dortmund, Madrid, Ajax. Um. Francesco, let's start with the least important one, Roma v Porto. Uh, how are the two sides going into this? One great and one terrible. Okay. So Porto is doing their top of the league. They lost Marega, the striker, for the for both legs, but uh, they're in good shape. Uh, uh, Roma is doing terrible. They lost 7-1 against Fiorentina last week oh. in the Coppa Italia. And they drew against Milan last uh, last weekend, and they play on Friday against Kebo. And man, if they don't win against Kebo, will be very hard for Di Francesco. I mean, Di Francesco is already out, so at the end of the season, they will change the manager 100. percent Jose Mourinho is available. Jose Mourinho, it's <laughs> too much for Roma. <laughs> uh, I think Paulo Sosa is the main option for Roma, but. Uh, Roma has to, they have to refine themselves because otherwise it will be a very, very bad Champions League round. But we know Roma, they, they surprise us every time. So maybe they do great in Champions League and then they continue to do terrible in, the, in, the, in Serie A. Actually, the only reason why they didn't sack Di Francesco is, is because he went through the group stage of Champions League. Otherwise, they were sacking before. Okay. Uh, so the Champions League is saving him. Maybe he will save him also in the next future. But Okay. Maybe. 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 You but wouldn't be optimistic no, about no, it? No, no, no. Okay, no, no. <laughs> right. Benny Tottenham v Dortmund... Dortmund must be going into this pretty confident given Spurs are without their best players. I think they can be confident towards every opponent, I would say. Oh. Because in the Champions League nights in Dortmund, it's always great. The team is play in good shape, I would say. If Marco Royce is not too heavily injured, I'm not sure about that. No updates yet, but um, I think they can be very confident, even if it's Spurs or Barcelona. Wow. Yeah. Matt, your retort. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Benny. Um, oh. 
on that point uh, the Spurs haven't played too well recently and they've found a, um, a good few wins um, but certainly late on um, I think the strength comes in the most important part of the game is the Dortmund attack and Spurs defence Spurs have a fantastic defence Dortmund have a brilliant attack Dortmund's defence is no, you're not as good as their attack. It's a bit iffy sometimes. And Spurs' attack is on the injury table. Yeah, so true. that's going to be like the terrible area of the pitch where the, the area to look out for is the Spurs' mm. defence against the Dortmund attack. Did Vincent Janssen make the squad? I'm not even sure if he's in the Champions League squad. He's in the Premier League squad. I know okay. that. You do have Troy Parrott. Just signed his first Just signed a very deal. interesting prospect, this Troy Parrott. Keep an eye out for him. We will see him in the Bundesliga next year. <laughs> <laughs> Irish as well. Irish as well. Oh. Just a coincidence, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Tottenham have never won a home match in the Champions League knockout rounds, scoring just one goal in the process. So... I mean, they don't even have a home ground, so. Oh, there's, there's been just two games, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them got us through, yeah. so. Okay. Uh, does anybody want to chat about Madrid v Ajax, or will we all agree that Madrid are going to win over two legs comfortably enough? Oh, never count out Ajax. Yeah, never I count was, out Ajax. I've been watching a lot of Ajax recently. And there's a How much part, time do you have in your Yeah, hands? I do. Uh, aside from the Premier League, Dutch football. calls Rubble, it work. Yeah, D- Dutch football is a, a particular point of mine. Uh, I will say for Ajax, they. Losing they, their they, best players. Didn't they lost six to. They lost six two to final last yeah. week. They got back on it with a, a thrashing of a test at the weekend of six 0 as well. Um, he really does watch. Yeah, <laughs> they um they look very very good in attack. I feel for them their um their their ability is what carries them in the uh, in the Dutch league, um, but their their mentality and their their know how is what sort of takes them um, down a notch when it comes to playing a big European powerhouse. You can see it. There's there's no surprise that Ajax dominate a league with their own youth products because mm. they're unbelievable players. They are, but you know Matthias de Ligt has been um, made captain uh, at the age of just. 20 I believe or 21 which really says something about the um, the sort of mentality and the amount of leaders yeah, because they want world. to grow the prize for the yeah. market but <laughs> go, go, going forward oh, going so forward, cynical Francesco they have some they have some pretty good players I think they can really hurt Real yeah Madrid. but I saw Real yesterday in the Classico and the first half mm. we didn't even mention the Classico that's how boring it was yeah <laughs> but uh, I think that I was impressed because I, I didn't watch a lot of Real Madrid this year, honestly. Mm. And the impact of Vinicius they had in the, the, uh, the I think it was the first classical he played because he didn't play yeah. Yeah. one before. Mm-hmm. It's outstanding. At the Camp Nou, I, we saw many players failing at the Camp Nou. He, he did whatever he wanted in the first half. These young uh, people, Francesco, they have no fear. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. One last life hack from me. Everybody should visit your Champions League night in Amsterdam in the stadium. It's amazing. You're going to Amsterdam this weekend. I go there, but I was there also when Schalke was playing there. It was okay. a Europa League, but it was one of the best stadium experiences I've ever it's had. It's on my list. It's, it's on my bucket amazing. list. Okay. Sure. It's amazing. One stat to sum it all up. Ajax have lost their last six games to Real Madrid, conceding 20 goals while scoring only two. Mm-hmm. Statistics, mm-hmm. you know. Statistics. Madrid have not lost a tie at this part of the competition in nine years. Years. Statistics. Yeah, but with other managers, other players. Yeah, so Ronaldo from the statistic. What I, I, was, that's what I yeah. said already last time is they lost the player that scores the important goals in important matches. Mm. And uh, it's it'll be interesting to see. To see. Yeah. 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 Of course, the big one, United PSG. A few weeks ago, I wouldn't have given Manchester United a hope of winning this. I'm starting to waver. I think they might do it. Who's yeah. with me? I agree. I mean, I think oh, yeah. it's the way around now. Uh, PSG lost Neymar, which is one of the most important players. Mm. 
and Manchester United we talked about it before they won nine games uh, in yeah, no, 10, yeah. yeah. so they they refound Paul Pogba they refound Rashford they refound all the players that are important for the team and uh I think PSG is not looking good. They lost uh, the first game of the season in, uh, in Ligue 1 uh, last weekend. They struggled so, in the cup last night. Exactly. Well. Mm-hmm. They went to extra time, right? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So they're not in good shape. And I don't know if this is for Neymar's absence. I don't think so, honestly. I think it's more for a, a psychological, physical problem of this moment of the season. But for sure, if we see that both teams right now, in the short term, I see United uh, going further. Wow. Then if we think about, I mean, if PSG go through and then they have Neymar <coughs> once again, I think they are serious candidate for winning the Champions League at the end. But uh, for the next leg, I see United going further. It's amazing that Neymar has come to PSG you know purportedly for the Champions League and to bring them to the Champions League and really hasn't played a huge amount of Champions League and important Champions League games I think for Neymar them. didn't go to PSG to win the Champions League he went to, to PSG because he didn't want to he wanted to be the star of the team mm. and that's what that was his idea and then Mbappé came in after yeah, two well, months, but the only two. way he can be the star is no, lead, no, of him, course. lead him to the Champions course, League because they course. win the league yeah, every yeah, year yeah. it doesn't count but also from a Let's say also from a financial perspective, he yeah. wanted to be the star of PSG. Like mm-hmm. when he was at Barcelona, it was ne- Messi, Suarez, and then Neymar. Mm-hmm. While at PSG, his idea was, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be the Messi of Paris Saint-Germain. Mm-hmm. And then now Mbappé is the Messi of Paris And Chupomoteng is also there, so... Okay, <laughs> of course. number three now, too. Um, he was the star of this Red Knight party. Did anybody else see this? It was his birthday, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. What was that? Wasn't it his birthday? Yeah, it was his birthday, and he just kind of um, held a big party for it. I think you see the difference in those two, um, between Neymar and Ronaldo. The birthday on the same day, yeah. Yeah. on Tuesday, and Ronaldo had a quiet family night in. Yeah. Like Neymar's, Neymar's on branded red crutches. <laughs> Ronaldo probably trained during the... Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. like Ronaldo's doing a thousand crunches, you know, in The between worst bit about this courses. was, though, this party that, mm. I, that I couldn't get over there were, you know, loads of his friends and everyone was there. It's a big birthday celebration. I mean, when you're out injured, throwing a bit party, everyone's going to be like, oh, you know, you're having a bit too much fun. You know, why is you out injured? The manager was invited. Yeah. Thomas Tuchel showed up. I couldn't think of anything worse what? than throwing a birthday party with my mates and like inviting your boss. Can you imagine the manager? Like you have one little sip of alcohol and you know Tuchel's like a no, senior. No. Tuchel is a party animal. He has <laughs> he has roots in the German hip hop culture. So he's a <laughs> does he guy. really? Yeah, he's a party guy. So we're not going to get sued over that, are we? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get sued over it. No, no, it's no. fine. He's like friends with uh, most of the inf- most influential rappers in Germany, like from the 90s and... Uh, and Thomas and Tuchel? Boateng's yeah. brother? Oh, no, it's no, not influential. Not He's not very influential. So we worked... Sorry, Thomas Tuchel. We worked in a bar where like uh, the roots of the German hip-hop are. So he was the bartender there. So in what city is that? In Stuttgart. Stuttgart wow. is the home of German hip hop. Yeah, one of the two homes of German. Where's the other one? Hamburg. Uh, Hamburg. Yeah. Yeah, of course and, it and is. And of course we are in Berlin, so Berlin's also one. So I think it's good <laughs> to invite Thomas Tuchel to a party, but if you're an injured Neymar, and it looked like a horrible party, huh? Yeah, I just invite your bosses. I mean, if you are invited and it says like dress red, it's shit because red is a shit color for like. It's hard to wear. Yeah, and then there is this stage with this shitty DJ, and you have mm. brands in there, and then. Mm-hmm. If you have a party with your best friends, why is everybody filming it? So they know each other, why they don't have a party? It's just like, then he had a horrible speech. He cried on stage. I mean, and then asked for a new metatarsal for a birthday <laughs> wish. <laughs> 
This, this is how not to party by Neymar. Goodness me. Life hack. Yeah. <laughs> Life hack indeed. Okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Benny, Matt and Francesco. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalogue on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast hit. And in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with any questions, the address to do so is podcast.wordfootball.com. I love you.